0: I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. The U.S. Federal Reserve has indicated it will keep benchmark interest rates near zero to continue to support economic recovery. How are investors digesting this news now that we've had a couple of days to think about it? Also, the commodities boom has taken a hit this month. We take a closer look at not only if the bulls have uh, reason to feel the fight is not over yet, but what China's role in the commodity boom and uh, that slight knock that we've seen this month. What is what is the chinese role in that bin also the bond yield and the 10-year government note reached a one-year high last month wells fargo michael schumacher expecting the benchmark 10-year treasury note rate to end the year as high as 2.2 percent why exactly we'll find out Swapnil mishra head of private wealth at crystal ai joining us this morning fresh from his uh outing yesterday so you were one of those who headed out did you enjoy yourself
1: I never realized how valuable having a cup of coffee outside is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I totally feel you. Yeah, I get that as well. Now, the the Fed, Swapnil, let's talk about the Fed. They've left interest rates unchanged near zero. But that dot plot chart that everybody's been trying to read into signals to the market that the price of borrowing could be raised twice in 2023. How do you think investors have digested this?
1: I think the investors are in the process of digesting it. So the, the fact that, you know, between uh, Thursday, Friday, when the market's corrected, and then I guess people on the weekend kind of realize that it's it's not so bad. And we saw on Monday, uh, markets recover quite uh, significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so. So people are still digesting that information. Um, yeah. You know, U.S.
0: Fed Chair Jerome Powell is going to appear tonight before the U.S. House of Representatives. And in his written testimony that was released overnight, we took a look at it, Powell arguing job gains should accelerate and inflation should drop back down again. So is that going to be, a, you know, more reassurance for the market?
1: Uh, of course, there will be. But but see, fundamentally, let's look at it this way. FOMC participants, their focus has shifted. Earlier, their focus was on managing downside. And now clearly the focus is on managing the upside risk. And this managing the upside risk, which is going to get triggered because of inflation, is what is triggering both the decision make points, which is your uh, either tapering or rate hike or both. And the uh, given that the trigger for this decision is emerging from managing the upside risk, which means even Fed does uh, believe that there is a possibility that there is an upside from here. So I would consider that as a clear sign that even Fed believes that there is an upside for the equities here, which may force their hand to take action uh, sooner than 2023.
0: Okay, given that at this point, given where we are right now, do you think investors are going to be changing their stock allocation
1: at all? I think uh, so. two things that I would expect investors to do. One is to not focus on Fed so much because, you know, Fed, uh, I mean, they are also looking at the data. So the decisions that they are going to make are are going to keep changing based on whatever data they get. Uh, Investors will focus on uh, good companies. They will focus on earnings. I think the focus will shift towards companies which... Uh, have more control over pricing, uh, companies that will be digitally equipped or have the necessary technology, uh, sectors like healthcare, retail, uh, strong companies, strong fundamentals, I think will be the focus for the investors.
0: Okay. I mean, just on the note of inflation, where are you? Some people are looking at lumber prices in the U.S. and saying, listen, uh, the fact that lumber prices are falling is a sign that the threat of inflation is pretty much losing its bite. What do you think?
1: So as of now, clearly market is not pricing anything as a concern for inflation. And inflation concern can be, again, it will trigger the rate hike expectation. So that's not something that people want to see at the initiate context. So if you see some of the fixed income fund managers as well, uh, they their base case is that in the medium term, so not in the short run, but in the medium term, inflation will be below uh, the the kind of you know critical level where central banks need to step in. It will be below that and hence not something which is going to uh, cause any uh, you know sharp reaction from uh, fed in the very short run of course you may see volatility which is then manifested in the uh, when the when the 10 year treasury or the yield curve uh, moves
0: all right, let's turn our attention now to that commodities boom. Is it time for the bulls to nurse their wounds or not? So we've seen the commodity boom take a knock this month. Uh, others say, listen, the this idea of a super cycle still going to happen, but just not plain sailing. Vast amounts of stimulus, economies reopening from the pandemic, strong Chinese demand. Uh, they've driven a surge in raw material prices, but we have seen China uh, attempt to tame down speculation. Releasing stores of copper, uh, some minerals, I believe. So, what? You, where is the commodities route heading to? First of all, and what do you think China's role in commodity prices in recent times have been?
1: Um, I would say commodities. You, you've seen commodity supercycle 2.0 as as a you know as a phrase, and I guess Google can confirm that as to how many times it has been searched <laughs> in the last couple of months. But it's it's here. And it's here to stay. So, short-term volatility uh, in the in the space of uh, commodities will be seen as an opportunity for uh, for many people uh, to to kind of you know enter the market because they may not have uh, been able to uh, enter into this uh, commodities in the start of the year. So, there were some people who called for it, but most people have been kind of late in the commodity uh, party, so to speak. Uh, China continues to play a very, very key role, yep. and I think uh, the both, you know, you have you have a combination of population growth, industrialization, urbanization, uh, multiple factors playing here. So green demand policies factors, as well. Green policy, absolutely. Mm. So all of these are, I would say, uh, massive contributors, uh, and, and in terms of the sheer size and scale at which it is happening, uh, net imports for China are very, very strong uh, support. For the for this commodity, uh, you know, structural run that we are talking about, but that's again a medium term. So, right, you may see short term reactions like the way we saw uh, there was a pullback.
0: All right, Swapnil Mishra is our guest today, featured guest at of Private Wealth at Crystal AI. Fresh off his coffee fix yesterday, so we expect more from Swapnil today. Listen, Swapnil, the bond yield on the 10-year government note reached a one-year high last month. And if bond yields continue to rise, what does
1: this mean for investors? Can you give us a primer? Sure. So I guess first thing is, for the higher bond yields, we need to put it in context as to why are they higher. If bond yields go high because mm. of higher growth expectations, then it actually is not a risk or not a threat to the risk assets because we've seen it even in uh, kind of quarter three of last year and we saw it at the start of this year as well, that strong higher bond yields are, on if they are on the back of uh, strong growth, that's actually good for the equity market. Now, however, if we see the yields rising because of expectations of higher inflation, and the feeling that growth is kind of coming to an end, there is no more room for growth, and it is only now fear of higher inflation, mm. then that's something which is a concern for the equity market. So in, in isolation, higher bond yields uh, are not uh, uh, kind of, is just uh, the data, but what is the reason behind it or what is the trigger is something which is more important. Right now, I would say the way the market is looking at it and mm. the way it is range trading pattern that we are seeing, mm-hmm. I would say inflation concern is reducing and uh, growth is still, um, you know, kind of expectation is still there, which means that higher bond yields in the short run is not translating into uh, fear that, oh, this is, this is, you know, we have some major problem where growth is ending and inflation is coming up. Okay.
0: And before I let you go, I mean, I was looking at the STI this morning, currently at just a notch in the red, uh in for the past three months notch above red what what do you think about singapore stocks generally bullish or bearish on singapore blue chips for the rest of the year
1: i am bullish um and i I have two reasons for that one is uh, things have been slower in terms of opening up in case of singapore right um just just looking at you know like yesterday when i saw restaurants opening up and and this just a uh, the kind of fatigue that is there for people uh, this this time round I've been talking to some people who hmm. are landlords uh, you know who own uh, retail space and real estate in Singapore hmm. uh, it has it has been i guess both mentally and in terms of the uh, the impact on the cash flow yes. has been there and i feel with vaccination this will be a big driver for things to open up and sentiment to improve so on the back of uh, accelerated vaccination that is being done I would say second half of the year, I'm uh, bullish with uh, Singapore.
0: It's been a go-slow approach to reopening. I mean, what did you see when you were out yesterday? A lot of people out or not so much? No, no, not so much. Mm.
1: Uh, mm. But, but you know, you know how it is. The restaurants uh, and coffee shops are kind of, uh, you know, they're like the epicenter, right? Everyone... Oh, uh, yeah walking in, you know, grabbing a bite and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I, so I would say it's, it's a positive uh, from here on. If we are able to navigate the vaccination versus the uh, you know mini clusters or how we are able to uh, clamp them down and take this seriously, mm-hmm. I think we should be, uh, for, the, for the economy, I would say it's good and in turn for the stock market. So, I mean, as an
0: investor, when you look at our approach here, this testing and this go slow with regards to reopening, is that reassuring for an investor or is that a matter of concern? For the investor
1: it's reassuring for sure. However, it seems inconsistent with what you hear from your friends, let's say in US, who mm. are already travelling on work and people in Europe are going on holidays. Yep. So so then it seems inconsistent that is this something which is not right? Now each one has different context. The number of vaccines that the US has managed to access is far higher than you know most other countries. So I think vaccination is kind of becoming the key element over here and if by july august there is a significant amount of population vaccinated um then uh, then we'll be on a sounder footing so i think being cautious at this stage is um is sensible uh the other issue of course is the borders right so singapore has a border which people come in and out unlike it's australia which has basically like close the borders.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I see your point about inconsistency between Singapore and the US. I mean, if you look at percentages of population fully vaccinated for the US, it's 45.6%. For Singapore, 34.9%. This, according to data, updated just yesterday by Our World in Data. So, you know, not not a very large disparity there. But still, I suppose there is optimism that Singapore could be the first in the region to reach herd immunity. And uh, that would mean good things for the second half of the year, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: All right, Swapnil, Not thank you so much for joining us. Have a great Tuesday.
1: Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Swapnil Mishra, Head of Private Wealth at Crystal AI. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.